What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gold to Go podcast, where we talk all things sports, uh, mainly Chicago sports, what is happening in the Windy City. I am joined tonight by Jordan Emmerich. Jalen Emmerich, what's happening, boys? Jordan, how you doing? What up, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Ready to talk some sports. Jalen, what's going on? Oh, you know, back's a little sore. Had to shovel 15 inches of snow today, but other than that, I'm doing well. Should live in Minnesota, here. bro. You know, it's the best state in the world. So, whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right, y'all. We got a little bit to get into. It's been a, a a decent week for the the sporting world as far as news goes. Probably wasn't quite as big as last week with the the Super Bowl and everything going on. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, we're just going to hit some miscellaneous topics real quick. Uh, first thing, on my way over here, I actually read that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are supposedly about $100 million apart and guaranteed money on his contract. Woo! Boy. Which, the main reason I'm keeping an eye on this this signing as much as I am is this has major implications for Justin Fields and the Bears. Uh, you know, if if he signs for, you know, anywhere between 250 and 300 million dollars and gets most of, if not all of that guaranteed, I mean, that could really just upset the whole quarterback market. Uh, you know, we saw Deshaun Watson, his deal right now. I mean, that's what's driving this whole Lamar Jackson deal. And I mean, if, if this just keeps going up, this it, it could potentially if this happens before the draft, this could potentially change what the Bears do in the draft. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys think, uh, as far as that goes, we're, we're just going to hit this real quick. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it. Um, what do you think this, this could mean for, for the bears and Justin Fields? Uh, nothing. Um, I think ultimately this ends up meaning absolutely nothing. Uh, because one, I think the Ravens and Lamar are not going to come to a contract agreement because if the Ravens give Lamar Jackson $250 million guaranteed, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, um, especially with his injury history, the style of play. Um, it's not like he's an elite passer and you can see his game aging well. Um, and just with the injury history he's had over the last couple of years, I just don't think he's going to end up getting that contract. I think what you're going to end up having – having in this situation is a Kirk Cousins Washington situation play out where he ends up getting tagged because I think if the Ravens want to do this, um, they're either going to trade him or they're going to tag him. So, and I think no matter where Lamar Jackson gets traded to, he's going to want this massive contract. And so then it comes down to who's as desperate as the Browns were to give Deshaun Watson $250 million guaranteed, because I thought that was crazy too. So I don't think it has as much to do with the Bears and Justin Fields um, just because I think ultimately the Ravens would be silly to let him go because they don't have a backup plan right now. Um, Tyler Huntley. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pro Bowler. Bowler. Tyler Huntley. Um, I don't think they have a backup plan for if they they tank. Justin Fields, baby. 
They're not this, trading this, for Justin this Fields. Has, listen, this has implications for the Chicago Listen, Bears. I'm saying it I, doesn't it, I'm saying it doesn't because I think what ultimately ends up happening is Lamar gets franchise tag. Gets the tag thrown on him and they work it out. Um he may even play on the tag in the next couple of seasons. I think they can tag him the next couple of years. Yeah, Dang. but next year is forty five mil. They ain't gonna pay him forty five mil. Well, they could so they could basically what I was reading today was they had two types of tags. The non-exclusive and the exclusive. The non-exclusive, I think, was $32.5 million this year, and that allowed him to negotiate with other teams. It basically made him a restricted free agent. Other teams could could sign him to an offer sheet, and the Ravens would have an opportunity to match that. Or they could slap an exclusive tag on him, which means he has no ability to negotiate with other teams, but that's like a $43.5 million contract. So, I mean, it's already up there. So I just I just ultimately think he's going to end up getting tagged because I don't think the Ravens have another option, and Lamar Jackson really doesn't have a whole lot of leverage in this situation. Yeah, Jay, do you think this has any implications for the Bears? Oh, one hundred percent, this does. What this means, gentlemen, my lovely Chicago fans, what this means is the Chicago Bears are going to trade Justin Fields for Lamar Jackson. That would the be Ravens, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Besides, you Brian, heard it. If that happens, February if that 23rd, happens, I'll quit being a Bears fan. I'm sorry. February I just will. 23rd, 2023, at 6.55 p.m. Central Standard Time, Jalen Emmerich called the Justin Fields for Lamar Jackson trade. Big implications for the Chicago Bears. That they're a hundred million dollars away. So then can the Bears you, can sign him for three hundred million dollars guaranteed in two years. No, thank right. you. I'll, I will give you. I will give you so many reasons as to why that is not going to happen. Mainly because Justin Fields is literally. If you think Justin Fields can't throw, he's literally the same exact quarterback as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Except has he's three years behind Lamar Jackson. Exactly, and three years cheaper than Lamar Jackson. You trade for Lamar so, Jackson. So, so let's look at a scenario. Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not interrupt you. I was not finished talking. Let's, you just interrupted let's, me. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> a scenario where... I'll talk if, about a scenario, not a scenario. If the Bears trade Justin Fields for Lamar Jackson, in this trade is the number one pick included. I'm not saying do we... No, 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 listen. I'm not saying do we want the number one pick included. I'm saying obviously nobody wants the number one pick included. I'm saying, do the Ravens make that trade without the number one pick? Yes or no? If they, I think, that, I think they would be stupid to not trade Lamar for Justin Fields straight up. Okay, then you use the number one pick on Bryce Young and have him sit under the former MVP for the next two years. So he can learn how to get and then, hit, and knocked out. And of then the you NFL. don't pay no, Lamar you. Jackson the money, and you bring in Bryce Young to take us to the promised land. I'd rather trade him not a GM. And then just draft Bryce Young, then have Lamar Jackson on my team. Listen, I, I think if you're a team that's trading for Lamar Jackson, you're planning on Lamar Jackson being your guy for the next however many years. You're not thinking unless gonna, you dra- unless you trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young to sit underneath Lamar Jackson. I well, think the hey, only here's here's a real here's a real uh, uh, possibility. Could a team that's ready for a playoff <laughs> run potentially? That doesn't have the quarterback yet. A team like, say, the Jets or or a team like the Chicago Bears. No, they're not ready. That's or, not ready for a playoff run. <laughs> or 
Okay, or, I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> or potentially the Dolphins. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with with Tua there. I mean, this could this could end up being concussion a concussion Tua. Yeah, literally. So, I mean, it, I think it could have some implications on the Bears. Um, I don't I, think this ends up with Lamar being on the Bears. I don't think that's the implications we're talking about. I think the only implications I see are on a potential Justin Fields future contract. We see this coming agreed. down the road later. It, we're not going to see it, you know, immediately. Jordan, you got something to say? Yeah, I just I was going to say you're. I think you're right on about. I don't think this ends up with Lamar Jackson being on the Bears. Um, I do think it does affect his future earnings, but I think this should be. Uh, if nothing else, will get through to Justin Fields about how he needs to play the game. This situation right here should get through to him and say, listen, dude, this is how important it is to develop as a passer in the National Football League because you can win an MVP by running around and having great stats and scoring some points. But ultimately, if you don't develop as a true uh, passer that can go and win games with your arm in big moments, you're not going to end up locking up the contract that you want to. Even though Lamar Jackson has won an MVP, he hasn't won – as well as he should in the playoffs. I think what he's got one win in the playoffs. Um, so to me, it's just like this should be a huge warning sign to Justin Fields. Um, and I think he knows this, but just to to buckle in, man, and and work on work on that passing game. And obviously there's other reasons for Justin Fields not developing. But you see the Ravens, again, are, should be a, a nice little um, example to the Bears. What happens when you don't give a quarterback some wide receivers? You know, absolutely. So, yeah, let's 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 continue with the Bears talk here. They just I saw this today. They just passed today a hundred million dollars in cap space, um, which is huge. This makes them uh, the team with the highest cap space. Um, The next closest team is the Falcons, and they're at 50 million in in cap space. Um, So, I mean, this gives the Bears the the opportunity to be the biggest spenders this offseason. I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? Obviously, we saw Bobby Wagner um, and, and the Rams agreed to part ways today. Um, what, what do you think the Bears should do with this $100 million? Should we Should we sit on it for a year and maybe see if, if next year's free agent market looks a little bit better? Um, should, we, should we spend it, go off, make it rain? I think we should definitely spend it. I mean, you don't have the elite like wide receiver talent, but most of those guys don't end up getting to free agency anyways. Um, I think you have a lot of good offensive linemen, some good defensive linemen in this free agent class. Um, but ultimately, this I guess it's not like a super hot take because um, the Bears are one of the betting favorites to land this particular player. But I think because of the Bears cap space, I think the Bears end up with Saquon Barkley um, just because they're a team that can absorb that kind of a contract over the next several years. And typically, I'm not for overpaying running backs. Um, but with this not being a terrific wide receiver free agent class, there's some decent guys out there. You know, a guy like um, Robert Woods, you know, somebody who could do a job for you. But it's not like you're you're not getting any game changers at wide receiver unless you're trading for one. And I don't think the Bears want to give up those draft assets in order to be able to do that. So I think adding a guy like Saquon Barkley could end up being the next best thing. Home run hitter, running the ball, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um so I think they're going to spend like crazy. I really do. And I think that's why Saquon ends up on this team. Jay, what do you think about that? 
Um, I I see them spending. I don't see them necessarily spending like crazy. To be completely honest with you, um, for the sole fact that even if let's say we, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of high skilled defensive players in this free agent class. There, there is a lot of defensive linemen. There's a lot of secondary, uh, like safeties, cornerbacks that are out there. I feel like even if you upgrade the defense, upgrade your offensive playmakers, I still don't think that Justin Fields is the guy to take us to the Super Bowl. So in, in, in my small thinking, you spend some, you improve this year in this free agent class, you get better, get better offensive playmakers on that side of the ball, save some money, and then hit it hard next offseason. Because if Justin Fields truly is the guy, like the reality of him being ready this year, I mean, I, I don't really see that happening. And I don't really see that many great offensive playmakers in this free agent class to bring his skill level to the next level. I mean, outside of you have Saquon, uh, Josh Jacobs is out there, I believe, Tony Pollard, um, I'm looking at a list right now. Technically, the top-rated wide receiver that's a free agent this year is Odell Beckham Jr., and he's been out for a whole entire year, like Alan Lazard. Yeah. Like you, I mean, good playmakers, but they're not like franchise. Yeah, they're not. Players you don't have a number anymore. one. I mean, yeah. Odell used to be, but he's not a number one. The only re- one of the only reasons he was good in St. Louis is because Cooper Cup was in St. Louis. You mean um, LA? LA okay. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, we see how I got. We see how I got it mixed up there. Come on now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do. Yeah, see that, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I do see. Um, uh, Michael Thomas can opt out of his contract. I'm not really interested in signing Michael Thomas. To me, those dude's injuries. He's got to stay on the field, bro, for me to be yeah. interested in giving him the money he's going to want. Yeah, that's coming yeah. from an Ohio State guy right there, man. Right. Dude, I, I love Michael Thomas. <laughs> I think Michael Thomas is a tremendous wide receiver. I think when he was healthy, he was top five in the league for in the, at the position. Um, but you know what? When we've seen this time and time again with wide receivers that get these types of injuries, that just nagging injuries, you, you're cutting a lot, you're changing direction so much as a wide receiver. When you got bad ankles and you know hamstrings and stuff like that, it just ends up costing you, man. It takes a toll on you. I have no interest in giving Michael Thomas a big contract. If you want to take a flyer on him and do like a one-year deal or something like that, which is not very common in the NFL, I think for those skill position receivers, then sure. But I definitely wouldn't be looking at him depending on him being your number one. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree there. I think those injuries are just too too daunting. That list is way too long um, to, to be a big spender on him. You know, like you said, if you can get him for a bargain, you know, I mean, you're not planning on making a big run, so maybe he pans out this year, and maybe by the end of the year, you know, he he stays healthy and you have him for super cheap. Um, yeah. But I, I I don't see that happening. Um, he'll probably opt back in. I don't think he'd be able to go anywhere and get more money than he's guaranteed this year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you never know how that how that would go. Um, Pardon, I think. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, brother. You're good. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to wrap up the Bears conversation, so if you got something else. Yeah, just real quick. I was just going to say, to clarify my, I think they're going to spend like crazy. I, I don't know that there's necessarily going to be like a ton of massive contracts necessarily when I say they're going to spend like crazy. I just think this team has a lot of holes, 
And even though there may not be that top tier offensive talent that's out there, there are a lot of guys on the offensive line that you can go out and um, try to get. You know, I know a guy that everybody wanted on the defense side of the ball was Payne, but he just got tagged by the uh, by the Commanders. Um, so you know, you had a guy like Orlando Brown Jr. who could potentially um, leave the Chiefs if he's not tagged. Um, you got a guy like Mike McGlinchey that that could end up. Um, being a really good fit um, so I just think there may not be like a ton of massive contracts I just think because this team has so many holes and they do have to spend a certain amount of money to abide by the cap rules I mean we're we can't forget that either they can't save yeah. too much of this money you know they have to spend quite a bit of it and this is a year where you have I think what 45 million more than the next highest so yeah. if that's the case you have a massive advantage um, to, over the rest of the field to get some of these guys that maybe you wouldn't otherwise get. So, yeah, I just think they're going to be signing a lot of players, not so much, hey, they're going to be giving out massive, massive contracts to guys. Yeah, and I think that's why when we, you know, in, on, on the first couple episodes we talked, I think that's why we've we've kept saying this is the most critical offseason we've had in a really long time because we haven't had this money. We haven't had the number one pick. Um, it's It's such a crucial time. So, um, yeah, I, I do think it definitely makes it more interesting as, you know, maybe they make a couple more cuts and they just keep keep clearing up some of this cap space. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is available. I don't know if anyone's interested in him getting hold calls all, all season long. No, thank you. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, the Bears talk. We'll move to the Cubs. Um, got our first spring training game this Saturday against the Giants. Marcus Stroman taking the mound. We are – I don't think I've ever been this pumped for a spring training game. I, I'm just – I'm amped up for, for the Cubs this year. Uh, obviously, we, you know, last podcast we talked about expectations and all of that. Um, you know, I'm just – I'm excited to see what the Cubs are going to do. I think this has been the most um, uh, anticipated – you know, not, not saying they have high expectations, but it's been the most anticipated Cubs season we've had in, in quite some time. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, uh, our last podcast, we spent a lot of times on the cup, so we'll, we'll just go through once, um, Jordan, how excited are you as if we can't tell already, how excited are you for this first spring training game? Dude, I'm so like, I'm jacked out of my mind. Like I am so excited. I've never been more excited about a spring training game in my life. And I think it's just the reason why I'm so excited, and the newness is going to wear off. It always does. There's going to be bumps in the road throughout this season, but um, it just feels like a page has finally been turned, you know, and the last several years has just felt like death by paper cuts, just watching the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it's just nice to go into a year not talking about are the Cubs going to trade such and such player at the deadline, you know, Um so I'm just I'm stoked out of my mind to have a guy like a Dansby Swanson uh, being a spokesperson for this team, just listening to him talk um, about how he likes to mentor and his approach to the game, his approach to his everyday career. I mean, it's just it's so exciting. Um, the one thing I'll say specifically about this Saturday, you know, is you, obviously we're all excited about Stro. Um, he's going to be probably the ace on this team he's going into the season I don't think anybody would argue he's your best pitcher um, I think Justin Steele is gonna is gonna push him for that towards the end of the year but um, 
Uh, the guy I'm most interested in watching on Saturday is actually Adrian Sampson. So they've already announced that he's going to come in and pitch after Stroh. Obviously, everybody being healthy um, needing to happen there. But um, if nothing else happens, he's going to come in and pitch. And he's a guy specifically that Rossi mentioned that would be competing for the, the fifth starter spot. So I'm really interested. He finished the season strong. So I'm more excited to watch him pitch than I am watching Stroh pitch. I know what I'm going to get out of Stroh. Um, I'm just interested to see if these young guys, these young pitchers that came on towards the end of last year can keep this up. So, yeah. Jay, are you excited or are you just kind of, eh? I don't care about the Chicago Cubs playing on Friday. That's good because they're playing on Saturday. Or Saturday. That's how much (laughs) that showed you that I was not paying paying attention to this conversation at all. I don't care about them playing on Friday either. Like, I'm like, I'm excited for the regular season. Like, I mean, it'll be cool to, like, see who performs, who makes the roster. Like, I mean, all of that's, like, exciting. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm just – I'm excited for the regular season to get started. These games, I don't know. They mean something, but they really don't mean anything. Like, let's just – I know that's a horrible thing to say as a Chicago Cubs fan, but, like, I'm not going to be watching it. I'm probably not even going to check the score, like – yeah. Hopefully they play well. Hopefully nobody gets injured. I hopefully Stroh pitches well. The excitement will probably wear off pretty quick for me. I think it's just the anticipation of this first game, and then you know, right. by I'm the third be, spring training game, I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah, dude, I'm gonna be so locked in like the first several innings, and then like by the sixth inning, and dudes get in that I've never heard of before or something like that. I'm gonna be like, all right, cool, I'm out. But it's just it's exciting to see these new guys and you know jay talked about on the last podcast about playing in chicago a different expectation even when you're not good you know and that's part of this is dude what are you doing right now (laughs) (laughs) you're such you're such a weirdo bro that's part of this is starting off the spring right you know if you think there's pressure on a guy coming into their first season in chicago have a bad spring and then go into your first season in Chicago. Like the pressure would be immense, you know? So it's imperative for a guy like Cody Bellinger to get off to a good start. It's imperative for Dansby Swanson to, to do what he does, you know, and just show that he's going to be consistent. A guy like Nico Horner to stay healthy the entire spring, you know, that this team can get, get healthy and stay healthy through spring. I think that's a massive win. So I'm, I agree, Reese. It's probably going to wear off about, you know, game three or four. We're just going to be like, all right, come on, opening day. Let's just go. Please. But but I'm I, I'm still excited. I'm just excited to hear the sounds, man. I'm excited to hear the ball hitting the mitt and, you know, guys hitting home runs and, and stuff like that. So I'm so excited about baseball. We're going on vacation. Jay and I are going on vacation here in about 10 days or so, and we're going to go watch the Pirates play spring training baseball like that's yep. how excited we are about baseball <laughs> we're just gonna go watch the pirates in spring training so yeah um you know i i am excited and i know it's just the beginning and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna blow up the chat if anything good happens and blow it way out of proportion just to get jalen upset so um if we win on saturday we're going 162 and 0 um that's pretty <laughs> it's pretty much what it is <laughs> we might win 62 games this year oh my goodness Oh my goodness! All right, we got to move on, Reese, because we're we got to move on. We're, we're gonna fight. <laughs> we got to move on. Let's go to the Chicago Bulls 
Um, I think let's the most talk about it. Okay, let's go back to the Cubs. Let's go. <laughs> the most notable thing that has happened uh, since the All Star break is the signing of Patrick Beverly. Woohoo! I mean. I don't think anybody's expecting him to, to solve <laughs> to solve some of these these massive holes that this team has. You get a point guard that can't shoot, can't really pass, and as a guy that's known for his defense, is kind of not good at defense anymore. I mean, I I mean, I guess if you have that spot, you sign him. He said he wants to make a playoff run. Maybe he just brings an energy to this team that we haven't had. I don't know. He he signed with the Bulls over the Warriors because he wants to make a playoff run. I know the Warriors aren't what they have been in previous years, but I I would put my chips all in on Steph and Clay over what the Bulls have shown this year. Yeah. Last I checked, though, I don't know that there's been any actual reporting on the Warriors offering him any kind of contract. Maybe not. I think Maybe, that was he, that's just what he said. Kind of the way I've heard, yeah, kind of the way I've heard it is like that's just the only person that's mentioned the Warriors and Pat Bev in the same sentence is Pat Bev. So <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I'm sure there was at least like communication, but this whole idea of he chose the Bulls over the Warriors, I don't, I hope that's not true for Pat Bev. Like, yeah. But still, yeah. I mean, I guess for the Bulls, he's going to play more. So there's I that, guess, but I guess the Bulls are are coming out of the All Star break. Uh, they're one game or uh, two games out of the play in. They're 26 and 33. They're only one game ahead of the Pacers. Uh, they're two games ahead of the Magic, um, and then you got the Hornets in Detroit that are just way out of it. Um, maybe we still sneak into this play in, uh, barring you know I, I think Brooklyn's going to fall pretty quick. Um, but I mean, who knows? They, they don't have any star power, but they have, you know, a lot of solid role players. So maybe they, they kind of just hover where they're at. I don't know. I will, we'll talk more NBA as the season goes on, um, coming out of all-star break. There's not a ton of news other than what a disaster everything was besides Mac McClung. I, I think I read that it was the least watched all-star game of all time. Um, and rightfully so it, I watched for probably five minutes and, that was when Jason Tatum was just going off. So, um, yeah, not much, not much NBA news there. Um, so I think that just about covers all of our Chicago bases. And then we'll go. We're gonna go. We're gonna talk some some NCAA basketball to Illinois' real team. I know we're Chicago sports, but we don't talk about Northwestern because they're irrelevant. Yeah, and they're playing tonight. They're playing tonight. So you Illinois, can't Illinois be careful, plays bro. Be careful. Right? You never know who's gonna listen. Absolutely. Well, and some Wildcats on here. Northwestern sucks. We want to offend all Wildcats on here. We want to offend all of Northwestern. Um, they're Northwestern trash. Probably has the dumbest name player in the history of basketball. Bowie. Come on. Hey man, don't attack a guy personally. Don't attack a guy personally. It's all right. We don't have to worry about Northwestern fans listening to this podcast. Though. They're all they're all doctor, doctors and lawyers and stuff, and they're probably listening to stuff way smarter than us. Yeah. Well, uh, I did read Terrence Shannon will be back for the game tonight. Um, I don't know if that makes them better. Ouch. TSJ hater over there. It. I'm not. A, right I'm not. Now. No. 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 I listen. I think Terrence 
is is a is a really good basketball player. I think his level of impact, whether he helps the team or hurts the team on any given night, is up in the air. I mean, there's times where he looks like he is the best player on this team and he is gonna he's the reason why that they are going to win. Then there is times where it's like, is he even on the floor? And he just I went to a game earlier this year, he scored fifteen points. I can't even remember who it was against. Scores 15 points in like the first six minutes of the game and then didn't score again until like the last four minutes of the game. So I just, I, I like more Jaden Epps as much as Jaden Epps as possible. I'm in. Like that kid is, is an absolute baller. And with Terrence on the floor, I think you take the ball out of his hands. So, and I think RJ Melendez has given a, this team a lift that honestly right. Terrence Shannon doesn't. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think this goes back to when people were saying, Illinois was better without IO. Listen, there were times when IO. I don't think that at all. I, no, I, I know that. And I'm not saying Terrence Shannon is as good as IO Dosunmu. But let's not forget, in about the middle of December, there were some mock drafts that were coming out with T- Terrence Shannon as high as like six and seven in this draft. And there's some draft experts that think that Coleman Hawkins is a first round pick. I think he has first round potential. I don't think he's played up to that. Yeah, they've all talked but, about his first round potential. Bro, Coleman Hawkins hasn't done jack squ- dilly squat to tell you that he's a first-round pick in the NBA. Regardless, I, I don't know how good Illinois is. Um, I I know how good we can be, but we haven't shown that throughout the season consistently at all, which is a very typical of – unfortunately, I'm a big Brad Underwood fan, but this is what his teams do. Um, I, I think at some point it's all got to come together. We were all saying, you know, by – by late January, middle of, of of February, we should be clicking on all cylinders once we got this team rolling again. Um, but I, I'm not seeing that yet. So, you know, we're getting close to conference championship or conference tournaments. So hopefully we can we can make a run. Um, we tip off here in about 40 minutes for this game against Northwestern. Um, so we'll make sure to to wrap up this podcast. Let's get into the main topic for today. Um, we're going to go through each sport. We're going to go through NBA, MLB, NFL, and professional golf. And we'll, we will, uh, we're going to go Pro through our golf, current, maybe our current and our past favorite players. Um, Jordan, I, I think I know your answer. Who is, who, who are your favorite players past and current for the NBA? For the NBA or like just like the like the Bulls? We'll do both. We'll start we'll start NBA and then we'll go Bulls. Uh okay, so my dude, uh like I I watched so much of him when I was in college, um, living by myself, uh, was Jamal Crawford. I loved watching Jamal Crawford play basketball. Um just it it wasn't like your favorite all time dude. Jamal Crawford is one of the, my favorite people in the world to watch play basketball. Just he just looked like he was having so much fun just out on the floor, man. You never saw him like trying to do too much. Like it was just Jamal Crawford, man, and especially Jamal Crawford on those Clippers teams when it was Lob City and and those kinds of things, like the kind of stuff that he was doing with Blake Griffin and on fast breaks and stuff. It was just cool, man. I just, I know he's not the greatest, 
you know, by any means. I'm not sitting here telling you he's the greatest. Just pure enjoyable guy to watch on the floor, though. Jamal Crawford was it for me, man. I just loved watching him come off the bench and change a game. Um, I don't know that Jamal Crawford would have made my top 10 all-time favorite. favorite. All-time favorite players. He wouldn't have made my top 100. <laughs> that's all right, bro. Like I don't. Care. I forgot he was in the league, bro. Then you're. That's disrespectful. I loved Jamal- watching JJ Redick shoot, but he's not in my top 50. Yeah, dude. I just. I. I think it was just more at like that point in time. Like I watched a lot of Clippers games because they were on TV all the time. And living by myself, I was just you know basketball was on late at night, so I'd watch the Clippers. Dude, and just Jamal watching Jamal Crawford the way he played the game, man. I just I loved it. You know, I I have I do this thing where I just randomly have weird favorites that I just enjoy and you just root for. And I think Jamal Crawford, like you see the respect that people have for Jamal Crawford, even after he's played, you know, the way other guys talk about him. Um, even now, like he's a guy that was really well respected and by all counts was was a pretty good person, you know. So seems to be really likable and, and all those things. So I just, I really enjoyed watching them play as far as the bowls. This one's a little bit weird too, obviously excluding like Michael Jordan and, and that kind of stuff. Um, just because I didn't get to really watch Michael play being born in 93 and neither did y'all being born after me. Uh, so we could always say Michael Jordan, just cause he's the goat. Uh, but my favorite player was Lou Aldang. Like my my old bull was Luau Dang. And the reason why is like Luau Dang, you just never you never question what you were getting out of Luau Dang. Bro, he's gonna come out, he's gonna lock down the best defender or the best offensive player on the other team. And he was just gonna be like steady on offense, but he was no fuss, dude. Like Luau Dang is exactly what this Bulls team could use right now. And it's just a guy that you knew what you were gonna get night in, night out. Never once have I thought the one thing this team is missing is Luol Dang. Oh, no, this team is missing a lot. But I'm saying (laughs) this team is missing a lot. But I think not that Luol Dang would make them a contender. I'm saying, like, the thing that this team, you know, doesn't have is somebody who's going to be consistent, you know, except for DeMar, I guess, you know. But you aren't getting consistent defense from Lamar. Like, every night you don't know if you're going to get a 20 and You mean DeMar? You said Lamar. Demar, yeah, I meant Demar. I'm sorry, we were talking about Lamar Jackson earlier. He doesn't play for the Bears or the Bulls, or the Bulls. Yes, um, he might be better playing for the Bulls than the Bears, though. Um, True. So, I just love Luau Dang. My other guy that I was like, who's I I always loved uh, Joakim Noah too. So those those were my two dudes. I mean, I loved those teams. Jay's. I know what Jalen's going to say. He's going to say Derrick Rose because. That's the easy answer, and Derrick Rose was obviously electric, you know, and he was the best. Derrick Rose is the best Bulls player we've had in our lifetime, other than obviously Michael when we were really I wanted to be known, I wanted to be known that to this day, I still follow Derrick Rose. Yeah, absolutely. I don't don't like Derrick Rose because he was a Chicago Bull. I like Derrick Rose when he was – in high school, I liked Derrick Rose when he was in Memphis. I liked, I liked Derrick, Derrick Rose when he decommitted from Illinois and went to Memphis. Stop it. I liked, I liked Derrick too Rose soon. Too soon. when he too, was in Chicago. Too soon. A decade and a half later. 
Derrick Rose is the man. He is the youngest MVP ever. Dude would have been one of, I would still argue he's still one of the greatest basketball players in Chicago Bulls history. Absolutely. If he would not have gotten injured. Definitely one of the, the I'm most I'm not saying he would overtake Jordan. Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he would overtake Michael Jordan if he didn't get injured. Because the love that people have for Michael Jordan, obviously it's warranted. But I truly believe that if he would not have gotten injured, he would have delivered a championship to Chicago. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen, and my favorites, my favorites are just my guys that, for whatever reason, I just fell in love with. Like, it's an, I don't think that they were anything like crazy special, you know. I'm not saying any of these, those guys are top 50 in the NBA history or anything crazy like that. Obviously, Derrick Rose was Derrick Rose, you know. He's the best bull I've ever watched, you know, repeatedly. But I just like those guys, man. I like those guys. You know what you're going to get night in and night out. Yeah. Jay, I don't think we heard current favorite NBA player. Derek Derek Rose. Rose. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, do that. Dude, that was coming, bro. Go watch him average four points a game in like six minutes hey. for the Knicks. Hey, dude. Oh, Mike, you know oh, what? I didn't even say a current. Uh, you know what? Current. Derek yeah, Rose. Yeah, you did all day. No, that wasn't my current, bro. He has fallen off. The Bulls are probably still playing him. Paying the Bulls, him. the Bulls did Luau Deng dirty, by the way. Anyways, Luau, shut up. You're... I can't. They believe did, you bro. Said they. The... I cannot believe you said the one thing this Bulls team needs. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant, I the meant one the one thing. I mean, I can name like ten you know, players from Chicago. You know Bulls what I meant, bro? From you just what Chicago Bulls history, that would make this team better than Luau Deng. You know what Come I on meant. Now. <laughs> you know what I meant. I meant I could that. even make an argument for Luke Longley being Shut more up. of a benefactor. Tony Kukoc, baby. Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc. Yeah, let's get on Tony Kukoc. That would definitely help this team. This team needs a lot. I meant there are nights where it's like you just wish that you had a guy that was gonna step. Like honestly, this is kind of how I feel about Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom. Wow, I'm really mixing up my sports tonight. Patrick Williams. Um, I wish that he would just come out and play great defense and give you 16 and 8 every single night. Like, is that yeah, too no hard to deal. ask? No big deal. Just average double-double, please. Thank you. That's not a double-double. And when you're a top-four oh. pick in the draft, you Luol should Deng be doing that. Never. Yeah, Luau Deng could never do that. Stop it. Stop anyway, it. Y'all, my y'all favorite. Make me look up Luol Deng stats said, right now. He said, "Reese." He said the one thing this whole team. <laughs> you know what they're up. missing? What I meant. I you know what they're missing? No, no, no. Here's what they're missing. They're missing Ronnie Brewer. That's the one guy. Wow, that Ronnie could Brewer. Just yeah, that guy. Solve everything. Ronnie Brewer was a joke. We should do a whole podcast on old random bulls. Like a we could whole go down. Ball. Ball. What'd you say? <laughs> Lonto Bull. <laughs> What do you play? Twenty games for this team? <laughs> Cup <Rip>. of coffee? <laughs> R.I.P. Dude, I'm they are Reese, call, Reese. What were you gonna say? They are, legit, they are legit gonna have a surgery named after Lonzo Ball. Baseball <laughs> has Tommy John. Basketball is gonna have Lonzo Ball knee surgery. He's gone to every doctor in America, and they can't figure out what's wrong with his knee. Anyway, my favorite all-time player. I I want to say Michael Jordan. Um, but you know, I didn't watch excluding Michael excluding Michael excluding Mike. This is, I would say, it's less obscure than Luol Deng or Joakim Noah. But uh, dude, Rajon, Joakim Noah as a Chicago Bull is beloved. 
Absolutely he is, but he wasn't my favorite to watch. I loved watching him grab 12 rebounds a game. Man, that was just my favorite. No. Uh, Rajon Rondo was probably my favorite to watch growing up. Um, I wanted to be Rajon Rondo. I, he, he made me wear a headband. I wore Nikes because of Rajon Rondo. I wore my headband upside down, actually, because of Rajon Rondo. I wanted to play like him. Obviously, he couldn't shoot worth anything, but he was very fun to watch, especially in those old uh, Celtics runs that they had back in the 2000s. Um, so probably Rondo. Um, current players would be between Jason Tatum and John Morant. Um, Jason Tatum is just silky smooth combination of, of Carmelo and Kobe. Um, I mean, he's just, just silky smooth on another note. I did see the Phoenix Suns might sign Carmelo Anthony. Let me just, Oh, Suns are about to win the title, bro. I don't think so, bro. Let me just who's say gonna, who's going Luol to beat Ding, the Suns. Luol Deng with the, his ten seasons with the Bulls. He You're an idiot. You're still on. sixteen and six and a half, two and a half assists in a steal a game. I'm telling you, the dude was just consistent, man. He never did anything flashy. You just knew what you were going to get from Luol Deng every single night. Y'all can hate on Luol Deng all you want, but. Smart no, I'm not hating on him. I just wouldn't pick him for my favorite player to watch growing up or the one thing that this Bulls team needs. Right. I just Okay. I, okay. It's not like I said Brock Purdy is better than Justin Fields. <laughs> all right. Settle down. Because uh, he is. All right. We're gonna move on. Uh Lou how good is he when he how good is he when he doesn't have an arm? Huh? How good is he when he gets injured in a championship game? Hey, run. speaking of, Trey Lance is about to be the starter out there in San Francisco because. Hey, breaking Purdy's news! Surgery, hey. Well, how got funny pushed. would it be? If, how funny would it be if Jimmy Garoppolo ended up starting again? Nah, he won't. They they already said there. There's there's no way. They got breaking me. news: Aaron Rodgers uh, has exited his darkness retreat. So oh good, answer, let's talk about that. Let's an answer that should sure. be imminent. I know that's, hey, dude, that's it, massive news. As long as he gets out of the NFC North, I don't really care where. Right, the darkness takes exactly because it feels like we've been in, you know, fifteen years of darkness trying to win it. <laughs> Dude's All right, NFC we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna go ahead and move on to the NFL. Who is your all-time favorite player to watch? Uh, we'll go with Jordan. This doesn't have to be Bears. We'll just go all-time favorite. Uh, this one's easy for me. It's Devin Hester. Boo! No snub one this year. snub this year. Snub in in the Hall of Fame for Absolutely. sure. Snub. This you is should to be, me, Devin Hester. If you ever listen to this, you Devin Hester, if you listen to this, you should call us because we <laughs> want to talk to you. We will have you on the podcast for free. Easy, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll you pay the you. Whole thing. I'll pay you twenty dollars. <laughs> That's all I got, Devin. Um, I'll buy a jersey. Right? <laughs> no, dude, Devin Hester, man, he was the most exciting NFL player I've ever watched in my life. He's like the exact opposite of Lou Aldang. Uh, <laughs> As far as excitement level, he was always going to do the flash and stuff. But I guess in the same sense, you always knew what you were going to get for Devin Hester. You were going to get a touchdown off a kickoff. And I think the fact that he didn't get in the Hall of Fame is just absolute blasphemy when you consider the fact that you changed rules because of him and because of how great he was. And he broke the NFL, man. And I'll, I'll always love Devin Hester, and he's he's my favorite bear. I've always loved Peanut Tillman on the defensive side too, you know, when you got a whole thing named after you, like the peanut punch, man, teams are still talking about the peanut punch. Like you changed the game. And to me, those, those two guys have always stood out to me as far as, you know, guys that I find myself really rooting for. So Jay, what about you? 
about to break the internet with this. You ready? Oh, God. If you say Brock Purdy, I'm coming through this computer, bro. No, I'm just playing. Um, I, I, this isn't my most exciting player to watch. This is somebody That's that okay. I enjoyed. This is, this is your Luel Deng. Somebody that I enjoyed watching uh, and always, always, always rooted for him. I'm going to give you two answers to this one. I loved rooting for and watching Alex Smith play. I felt like the dude That's got valid. so, I felt like the dude got so, like, I understand, like, he's a game manager. I get it. You understand he's Luel Deng? He's he, Luel Deng of football? He's, this is my Luel Deng take. Not he exciting got, at all. He was done no, bro, dirty. You knew what you were going to get. His he most exciting play dirty. was breaking his leg in half. Hey, yikes. Hey, and then he came yikes. back, bro. Like he did. It's a great story. The dude, the dude was consistent. He always won no matter where he went. He was surrounded by in San Francisco, like they did him dirty out in San Francisco. Honestly, they're kind of doing it to Jimmy G right now, too, but we won't get into that. I always find myself rooting for Alex Smith. I will say though, probably the one that I enjoyed watching the most, just because they were so exciting, and honestly, like revolutionized the game within the past 25 years was Mike Vick. I mean, was a huge Mike Vick fan. Madden 2004 cover. I remember playing that game. I had like a Mike Vick jersey. Uh, I remember that was, be- when, that was before he was fighting dogs. Yeah, I remember when he got, when, listen, Mike Vick did his time. Don't be hating. I remember dude, dude got thrown in jail. And I will never forget, I threw on my Mike Vick jersey and ran down our driveway to the busy road and held up a sign that said, free Mike Vick. <laughs> I loved Michael Vick. Dude changed the game of football. I'm talking like in Atlanta, like he was okay in Philly towards the end of his year. Still to this day, career, dude, excuse me. The only thing that could stop Mike Vick was the police, you know. <laughs> hey, Mike <laughs> Vick did his time. <laughs> He did his time. It's Free under Mike the Vick. blood. Free Mike Vick. Dude was electric in the NFL. He was. He was. I'll give you that. Yeah, my favorite bear to watch of all time. It, it's hard. I, so I'm not that old. I'm not as old as Jordan and Jay, so I can't go back that far. The Bears haven't really we're, ever we're, been good. We're still young. The Jay, Bears haven't chill out, dude. The Bears haven't been good in my lifetime, so Rex Grossman would probably be my favorite Bear of all time if I had to answer. <laughs> what? What are we oh, talking six, about, bro? Oh six. No, it oh, would definitely it would definitely be Devin Hester. Um, There's like 19 guys on this team right now that I would pick over <laughs> Rex Grossman. Have they been to the Super Bowl though? Oh six, baby. Have they been to the Super Bowl in spite of the player Peyton that's your Manning favorite? No, he's not my favorite. I'm just saying I don't have a lot of options in my lifetime of Bears players. It would obviously yeah. be Devin Hester yeah. would be the most most obvious. Right. Um, right. This is going to be uh, any NFC North. It's it's Calvin Johnson. I mean, Calvin yeah, Johnson bro. was just so unstoppable. I got, a, I got a Calvin Johnson jersey, bro. That's Dude. how that's how much I enjoyed watching Calvin Johnson play. He all time it would probably have to be uh, Jerry Rice, but I never got to see Jerry Rice really in action um, in in my, you know, when I could understand football. But, um, yeah, Calvin Johnson was just just unreal. Dude, prime Adrian Peterson. Was, he was fun. Dude, I hated before, it. Before or after was, the switch? <laughs> well, he, he, he definitely got himself into some trouble. 
but <laughs> he he definitely got himself into some trouble. But that man, prime Adrian Peterson, his younger years, dude, he was he was awesome to watch. He another was, guy, another guy. The NFL has erased from history is Ray Rice. Ray Rice was one of the best running backs. I think the league ever would have seen if he wouldn't have gotten into into whatever he got into. Well, he he hit a woman like punched her yeah. in the face. Like, yeah, he got into they, physical assault as well. Like, they, <laughs> they they rightfully they rightfully he got himself into an elevator. <laughs> right, he did some wrong stuff. We should not be laughing about this right now. No, we shouldn't be, but we are. But you uh, are. Hey, bro, I'm laughing too. I'm bro. not laughing. <laughs> My current uh, favorite player would probably be Stefan Diggs. Um, he's just – I wish the Bears would sign him. I love Stefan Diggs, too. He's so good. All right, we're going to go MLB. This one should be fun. Favorite baseball player of all time. We're going to start with Jay this time. I also just want to say – I also just want to say Adrian Peterson was running back to win the MVP. So prime Adrian was good. So he was I, really I, good. I, I agree with that take. That's a good take. He wanna, he was so good. And agree. I, I just want to publicly agree with you. Thank you, brother. Dude I was on another you. level. Everybody know this is the first and prime. only time this will ever happen on the Gold yeah, write it podcast. Down. <laughs> write it down. Let's talk about the Cubs again so we can get back to normal. <laughs> Let's go to baseball. Jalen, favorite all-time player, and then we'll go favorite Cub as well. I mean, my favorite Cub is going to be Sammy Sosa. I'm not, I mean, Sammy. That's, I mean, I, I was, I'm 27, born in 95. Like, I was raised on Sammy Sosa. So, like, I got to go Sammy there. I think, like, more recently, like, I mean, Ben Zobris, I would say from, like, the past 10 years. But Sammy's, like, my all-time. Uh, I don't know how you could not pick Sammy Sosa if you were born in the 90s, to be honest with you, and you're a Cubs fan. Um well, did you just tell us who we should pick? I, I mean, it's up to you. But I'm gonna pick Lou Aldang. <laughs> he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna pick Tucker Barnhart. Yeah. Um, all time favorite MLB player. Miguel Montero. You know, I would honestly probably say like Nomar Garcia Para. Dude was. I'll electric. give you that if you can spell his name. G, it's Garcia, P-A-R-R-A. Dude was incredible in Boston. Definitely underperformed in Chicago, as most players do for whatever reason when they come to Chicago. Because most players like that, we sign when they're 93. I'll just never forget when they were in the playoffs in uh, 03, 04, I'll never forget, like, watching that team play, his, like, little hand thing coming up to the plate. I don't know. Like, I, I just really liked – I just enjoyed watching him play. Fixing the gloves for stop. 18 yeah, years. Like, he was a right. great shortstop. couldn't short do that stop. in this league. Couldn't do that in this league with the pitch clock. He was a great shortstop. He performed well. He brought history to Boston, one of the parks that I've never been to that I want to go to. I, I just really enjoyed watching him play. Jordan, favorite I know that's kind of out of left field, but that's that's who I am. Kind of out of shortstop. Pretty out of shortstop, yeah. Um, my favorite Cub of all time before this last wave 
of Cubs was Aramis Ramirez. Um, I just loved the way he played the game. I was also a huge fan of Derek Lee. Um, I know Jay that was, was a good a, team. I, I know Jay team. was a pretty good, pretty big fan of Derek Lee as well. I kind of forgot about Derek Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I loved, I loved watching Aramis Ramirez play baseball. He was like, and I know there's probably other guys, but to me, he was like the Cub that always had the most intensity in a sport where there's not a whole lot of well at that time wasn't a whole lot of intensity like you saw Ramos Ramirez always play with that intensity and so um, broke his wrist yeah I mean but I I mean I just loved watching him play the game man he played great defense and he hit for power and um that was a really those teams were were really good like Very those fun. are be, before these last you know obviously before the 2016 season like that was the best time I ever had as a Cubs fan was watching those teams. You know, prime Kerry Wood is always a good choice to talk about favorite player. You know, Mark Pryor. I think people forget about how good that rotation was. Matt you know, Clemente. Matt Clemente with the goatee. Man. I remember when dudes were wearing those goatees to games because they were just they were just such a good team. Moises Alou, Corey Patterson, Antonio Alfonseca, right? You know, um, I just I loved those teams, but Aramis Ramirez always stuck out to me. As far as like more recent Cub, it's it's got to be Anthony Rizzo to me, just because he was the man, bro. He was the model of consistency, and he he was everything this team was. And I'm still heartbroken at the fact that he's not a Chicago Cub. And there's not a whole lot of guys that I felt like, hey, this dude should be a Cub for life. Anthony Rizzo was one of those dudes that I felt like earned that title, you know. Um, he should have been a cup for life, and I still think that to this day. Um, and I always will. So um, as far as, like, favorite player to of all time, like current – I guess current player right now is Mike Trout. So that dude just – there's not a whole lot of guys that can make a right-handed swing look pretty. And Mike Trout finds a way to make a right-handed swing look pretty. And I just, he does it year in, year out, on a team that absolutely sucks, year in, and year, year in and year out. And Mike Trout never dips. In, <laughs> you like that? Mike Trout never dips in production. It's like, you know, the biggest waste of career ever. <laughs> right, right, dude. Like, you're literally dude talking about. Dude plays in the West, so nobody gets to watch him play. Right. Because we're all in bed by the time they play. Right. It's like, like if Michael right. Jordan played on... in Sacramento. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, like never I won anything. on one hand the amount of times I've watched Mike Trout play. Like, I just don't stay I'm up pretty late. Sure, I'm pretty sure he's suck. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not even – he's never even been to the playoffs. He hasn't. No, he like, hasn't. Dude, that, like you said, is the biggest waste of a career. I mean, the dude can Angel's literally – front office should be in jail right now. It's, they, they should, should be, bro. They should be, and bro. I, the loyalty on this man. Like, Yeah, I mean, he's – I love Mike Trout, man. And I just think you – I like the guys, too, that you don't really get a whole lot of fuss out of and, you know – Mike Trout's never gotten in trouble. He's he's always seemed to be doing things the right way on and off the field, as far as we know, you know, what we're privy to. But um, I just like a guy that can play center field as well as he does, hits for power, and on a team that sucks, never causes problems. You know, most guys, most superstars in that situation would cause a whole lot of issues. You know, and the Angels at times have tried to make that team better. I mean, I remember when they um, – 
brought in Albert Pujols and they signed signed Josh Hamilton to a massive contract. And then, you know, they, they got Shohei Otani and then they got Anthony Rendon. They just never had the pitching or anything like that, man. Like they haven't been good since they won the World Series. And what was that? Oh, two. They yeah. won the series, you know, and they've been trash ever since. And um, that's really unfortunate for Mike Trout. But, you know, if you're if you love baseball, you'll love watching Mike Trout because he's just the man goes out and puts up 40 homers every year and just plays gold glove defense all the time. Like you just, it's just incredible. The consistency that this guy plays the game with. Yeah, absolutely. My, my favorite cub of all time would, would be Anthony Rizzo. Um, you know, I've, I've always picked at the time, like the least consistent, like Starlin Castro was one of my favorites growing up. So and then, was, that was for Jalen too, bro. He loved Starling Castro. He was also, so Mike good. Trout, and then Mike Trout did go to the playoffs once. I just he okay. When 20, was that? 2014. 2014. I just 2014. He, so was he it? Did go in Was it the wild card though? Because I don't know that. Yeah, they they, won they lost in the divisional round. Okay. Anyways, go go ahead, Reese. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Um, I I, I picked Starlin Castro, and then Javi Baez Classic. was. Javi Baez was my favorite. I picked the least consistent Cub, so it, I'd, I'd have to go with Anthony Rizzo for my all-time favorite Cub. Um, you know, obviously that 2016 World Series is such a, you know, I was 16 when that happened. Me and my dad went to the the parade. One of the best days of my life. Like, that was just an unreal experience, uh, being able to see Anthony Rizzo. You're probably going to have somebody listen to this podcast, you know, like my mom is like, she's going to be 60 this year and she's been a Cubs fan her whole life. And, you know, we listen, we're talking like I was 18 years old when the Cubs won the World Series. I waited so long. You got these other Cubs fans probably been waiting literally generations <laughs> to see them win. Like think about how as bad as this team has been, how lucky we are to have absolutely even had a World Series, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I would say Anthony Rizzo, uh, my all-time favorite, and I can't believe this name hasn't come up yet, and it's the front-runner name would be Ken Griffey Jr. The, I was going to say Ken Griffey, bro. but The most talented baseball player to ever pick up a baseball, by far the prettiest swing I've ever seen, one of the, the best outfielders we've butter. ever seen. Sweetest I mean, swing, bro. He, you know, I know I, I mainly grew up, you know, a little bit past his prime, but... Um, I've I've gone back and just watched full games, old Mariners games, just just to watch Ken Griffey Jr. play. He was he was that good. If you're ever interested, I think it's uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and David Ortiz. There's like an old YouTube video of them in a home run derby. I think it's David Ortiz. And dude, it is incredible the way that these guys are hitting. They baseball. could smash some baseballs. Just absolutely unreal. And Griffey wasn't even that big. Like, yeah, yeah, just it's crazy. My my favorite current player would probably be Trey Turner. He's just got a smooth swing. Um, he's he's a really good fielder. Um, Jalen is so dumb, <laughs> y'all. If you haven't realized, the immature one in this group is definitely Jalen. Hey, so dumb. I will, I will say, I I just want to. He's always messaging us on the chat know, while we're trying to I'm talk to you and messing everybody up. He did that to me while I was preaching the other day, Reese. Mm. Trey, Trey Turner has some of the smoothest slides. I'm sure we've all seen those videos Absolutely. the past, past year or two in, in L.A. Also, Starlin Castro, dude, loved 
Starlin Castro. I love I think Starlin Castro. One of the more disappointing players that has ever played on the Cubs just because the potential was so high. Yeah, I'll wasn't his get, first wasn't his first game he had three six home runs. runs. Six RBIs. He had three yeah. home runs and six RBIs when his Yeah, first but game boy, when he team. came up, those teams sucked. Yeah. But he was that's a I forgot. I kind of forgot about him, but that he was. Yeah, I loved watching him play. In- Another one of my my favorite players growing up who was so overrated. It's unbelievable. Was Alfonso Soriano? He was <laughs> he was so good, and then he came to the Cubs and was just the most mediocre player on the planet. And they're they're probably still paying his contract. I mean, he I say we 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 talk about contracts that never played out. Oh, bro, that was dude, a Bobby Bonilla contract. Milton horrible. Bradley. Yeah. Oh my goodness! We talked that Jason no, Hayward robbed the Cubs bro. blind. Alfonso Soriano robbed the Cubs blind, bro. Yeah, I mean, Alfonso was like the exact opposite of Hayward. He still gave you some offense, but his that, defense was horrendous. That dumb hop that he did whenever he caught the ball—what was that? Like he skipped every time he caught the ball. It was I so think he dumb. was just happy he actually caught it. My my batting stance growing up, I I did it after Alfonso Soriano. I just loved that like low crouch that he did, swinging the bat. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was just it was awesome to watch. Yeah. Last last sport we'll cover is is golf. I know you guys have gotten gotten pretty big into golf uh, last couple years. Um, I remember growing up, you know, we we were watching Tiger in his in kind of his heyday in the mid two thousands. Um, some of those those runs that he had in the majors, Tiger is i mean i know it's the obvious answer but tiger would be my all-time favorite um more recently i don't know that i have a favorite give me give Um, me an all-time favorite excluding tiger excluding tiger oh that's 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 just that's just kind of like saying like michael jordan you know yeah yeah basketball player so give me give me an all-time favorite excluding tiger Mm. if you would have asked me two years ago i probably would have said phil mickelson but yeah, the way not, he's kind of run his brand. Not the anymore. Yeah, I I can't stand him anymore. Um, <clears throat> I would say probably, and he's probably my current favorite player is Rory McIlroy. Um, I just love the way he plays the game. I love the way that you know he approaches some of the politics of the game. I think he's done a really good job the last couple of years with this whole live live golf deal. Um, and a couple other guys that I I love watching Colin Morikawa. I I you know I. I, I swing a lot like him. I I try and play my swing out and you're that like good. Him. No, I don't hit the ball as good as him. But that's who oh, I. Man, I was gonna say that's who I, I try and imitate my swing after. I need you on a scramble team, bro. Hey, we I'll even play. ever played golf together. We need to. We need we, to play golf together. Got to fix that. And then Justin Thomas is another, another one of my favorites. Uh, so who would you guys say would be some of your favorites? I will never forget the Move the Mission Golf Tournament in Bloomington. After family camp a couple years ago, Reese was on a par three and hole in one, one. I don't even remember what you won. It was like, I don't know if it was the I think it was the motorcycle. I think it was the motorcycle one. Dude was, was the, like, was it hole 10 or whatever? Like 10 feet away. Oh, no. No, no, no. It was, was like it three inches. Bro, said, it was said, so close. He said, don't disrespect me right now. Get it right. I will Dude. never forget that, bro. We were like in front of them and we sat there and watched and I almost 
lost bro. it, dude. Incredible. Yeah. I awesome, dropped bro. my club while it was still in the air. I knew it was so good. It had a tight little draw on it with the with the breeze blowing. I was so ready for it to go in. I've never had a hole in one. I've had two. Come Me neither, man. Two come within a foot. I've been playing golf since I was like three. Had two come within a foot, and it it hasn't happened yet. Maybe this is the year. One of the yeah. best swings I've seen was was that day on that hole. Mm-hmm. That was. He's Reese is good at golf. Yeah, um, if you guys ever want to feel better about your golf game, you should watch Jay swing. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Listen, it's it's a hobby. I don't I don't <laughs> I, I I don't claim to be good. It's a hobby. <laughs> um, favorite golf players of all time outside of myself. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean I was gonna I was gonna say. I was gonna say Tiger. Uh, I I won't say Tiger, but that's yeah. Excluding I mean, he Tiger, changed, okay. He he changed the game of golf. I mean, even to this day, like last weekend, dude was hor like not playing good and still was like getting the loudest ovation out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, dude's just a generational talent. I would watch Rory, um, JT, and Tiger paired up every dude, day of my life. Bro. Just yeah, awesome. That was one of the most incredible pairings that I've watched in recent history mm-hmm. um so outside of that uh you know it's tough because i just got into golf honestly like, during covid so like I, I i don't have like a lot of like pre-2020 we can tell by your swing yeah, yeah if true. i'm if i'm that's being true. honest um within like the recent memory i would say like i enjoy watching tony fee now um when Tony I, I like gets the putter him. hot, when he gets the putter yeah, hot, like he's, he's good. good. Uh, I feel like he's one of the more underrated players. Just and like it, it's good to see him like get over that hump because he was. I mean, when I started watching, like he, I don't even remember. It was this crazy stat. Like he was in like eight top fives in one year or something, but like never won. Like it's just cool, like to see people get over the hump. Uh, Colin Morikawa, I'll never forget. I don't remember what what tournament it was, but dude, like cut one over a tree his first his first ever win i think it was u.s TV. open u.s open and he like cut over the trees no no, no. is a pga uh, championship sorry pga a that's what it was yeah. and one of like the most incredible incredible things uh i've honestly seen since i started watching golf like that was just a, a super cool super incredible hit so i'd say i like his game as well um but i, I would say like Probably Tony Finau would be my would be my favorite to watch outside of Tiger. Yeah, so obviously Tiger, like when you're talking about the history of golf, dude, nobody gets the crowd like Tiger. And I'll be perfectly honest, I wasn't a huge Rory fan until this live stuff started. And just the way he's like, you know, been an ambassador of the game, you know, you, I feel like you've seen a lot more like Rory's personality come out over the last couple of years. And, um, I just found myself rooting for him a lot more since this all came out. And I know you're either on the side of live or you're on the side of PGA or whatever, you know, and I'm not here to tell anybody what to think about I am. that. Live is stupid. If you like it, you're dumb. I mean, I think, I think it's dumb, you know, but to each their own, if you want to, try to search on the internet to see how you can pirate it off of some junk website and go ahead and do it. But to me, I, I think, you know, PJ is just better golf. Um, 
but I found myself rooting for Rory a lot more lately. Uh, but my guy, dude, my guy, every tournament, every single time, the guy I find myself rooting for the hardest is Justin Thomas. He's the man. And um, I just, I love the way he was plays this, the game. Was this pre or post Polo, Ralph Lauren, or both? Uh, I think I, I've liked Justin pretty much the whole time I've been into golf, you know? So on that note, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and man. start to wrap it up. We're yeah, just gonna we end de- it. yeah. Jay, Jay definitely needs to wrap this bad boy up. He's going, I am going to go, I am going to go uh, probably this week or next week. I'm going to go binge that full swing documentary that just came out. Yeah. Uh, following a lot of these PGA players. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but coming up. In the real next quick, day, another, day. another guy I love is Will Zalatoris. I, Super I just, smooth. I dude, can't I, like him because him and Tony Romo are buddies. Okay. Now I just liked him a little bit less, but still, <laughs> I like I like his I like his golf game, and he was one yeah. of those guys like Jay said about Tony Finau, like was just competing, 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 and just never found a way to get over the hump. And watching him play, like he's one of those guys. He he just jumped onto the scene, and you know his ball striking. If he can get his putter worked out. He's going to be really, really, really good. So, yeah, he had a lot of success early and then kind of just stalled out. Um, yeah. So thanks, guys, again, for for joining in. Big news. You guys haven't even heard this yet. As of today, we are officially on Apple Podcasts. Let's go. We are officially launched. So anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, TuneIn Alexa, we're at iHeartRate, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we are on there. Um, so go ahead, download an episode, uh, give us a listen, give us a follow. We appreciate any any of the good reviews, not any of the, the bad ones. Keep those to yourselves. Um, next unless podcast, it's about Jalen. Next podcast, we're going to talk about how the Cubs are going 162-0. Unless it's about Jalen, we don't want your review, uh, your bad reviews. Just, right. just give give the hate to Jay. And if you All listen right, to guys. Brock take, we're sorry in advance. We might take that one down. Right. <laughs> We're going to take the whole episode down because Jalen's dumb. All right. Thanks again for joining. We'll see you guys later. Uh, this is the Goal to Goat podcast.